Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Hope, magnify the Lord with me. Go ahead, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt His name together. Hallelujah. But I'm grateful. Hallelujah. Somebody shout, I'm thankful. Amen, amen, amen. Just remain standing, if you would. The book of Psalms chapter 34, we'll get right in the word tonight. The book of Psalms chapter 34. How many come to praise him this evening? Oh, I, I, I think Brother Croston led us right into it. He's been good to me, amen. He's been good to me. Look at your neighbor say, the Lord's been good to me. Amen, sometimes I just feel spoiled. That's how I feel. He has spoiled me. Better to me than I could ever be to him. I may feel that way. Amen. Somebody made a statement one time, I don't owe God anything. I thought, you're crazy. I need to praise him the rest of my life and 10,000 years plus. He's been that good to me. Amen. Praise God. I do want to say while you're turning there, this is a a non-spiritual moment unless it just really tastes good then it's going to be a really spiritual moment you'll be thanking Jesus but they have some leftover baked steak that is frozen they got it for a very cheap price because they bought it in bulk and they're going to sell it after church what was left from the fair it is frozen meat baked steak and uh, and the fries they got fries they're selling and just very cheap price if you want to purchase that they need to sell it tonight is that right they need to sell it tonight it's a I don't know the price on it but they tell me it's extremely cheap, so you can, if you want to buy that and take it home with you, they just don't want it to go to waste, and we don't need it, and we're not going to keep it till next year, amen. Yeah. It wouldn't be fair, praise God. You're welcome. That was free tonight. It's not going to cost you anything. I do want to say to all of those that did work the fair last week, thank you. I think there was 150 volunteers to help that, and I think it's tremendous. Thank you. Great cause of helping our quizzers, and, um, and so... Uh, Amen. The book of Psalms 34, verse 1. I will bless the Lord at all times. That's a covenant. That's a commitment. I will bless the Lord at all times. It's easy to say that when you feel real good. Oh, God's been so good to me. Got something new, something blessed. But when things go hard, can you still keep that covenant? I will bless the Lord. Everybody say it with me. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. I like verse 3 because this is what we should be recruiting. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. (laughs) Let us. Everybody say us exalt his name together that sounds like a church service amen there's an us starts praising God together the worship leader the praise team the preacher amen the faithful saint all joining in the same time to magnify the Lord how many know this pulpit should be magnifying the Lord the praise team the musicians the preacher praise God brother Gators brother Gators told us Sunday night that in the midst of every storm there's an I in the storm and that I is the I am amen his name is Jesus Jesus said, before Abraham was, I am. Isn't that what he said? Can you say man? How many know we can go to him? Verse 4, why? I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. What do I have in this? This was a psalm of David written when he was at the gate of Gath. A crisis in his life running from a jealous king trying to kill him. But David decided in the midst of chaos when they're trying to bring me into bondage, I'm just going to magnify the Lord. And out of that came a Philistine convert that became one of the captains of his army that saw him in a low moment worship God. Ittai. Ittai was his name. I'm going to tell you right now, if there's one thing attractive about a church is a praising, worshiping church. The Bible calls it a garment of praise. You can trade your spirit of heaviness for a garment of praise. How many believe that? Praise makes you feel better. I want you to look at two or three people and say praise will make you feel better. If you don't believe that, here in the senior section, somebody look at each other and say, you look real young tonight. 
You don't believe praise makes you feel better? Turn to somebody and say, you know, that outfit is slimming. Tell somebody else around and say, you know, it looks like you lost weight since last Sunday. You, what are you doing? You're looking real good. Amen. Turn around to somebody real serious and tell them I'm thankful for you. I really am. I'm thankful for you. Praise is comely. Praise is attractive. You can be seated. I don't want to be like that one church. They got up and talking about the devil. All they did was talk about the devil. The devil's, you know, a lady got in church one time and testified. She said, y'all need to pray for me. The devil's been on my back all day. Bless his sweet name. You know, some people just don't make any sense, do they? We ain't blessing the devil, amen. But, but said one church got up and they used to, y'all remember testimony services? Anybody remember those old days? Oh, my goodness. Thank God we don't have those nowadays, amen. No, they could be good by design. They could be. Somebody get up and bless the Lord. I, was, I think I was telling you about Sister Houchins the other, the other, the other day when we were working on the roof. And I was, there was a lady in church when I was a kid. She's standing up. She said, I want to give honor to God. I want to give honor to my pastor. I want to give honor to the saints of God. Every time she'd testify, that's what she'd say. And she'd say, the Lord has been good to me. As a young child, young little boy, when she would open her mouth, the atmosphere of the room would change because she would bring honor and she would praise the name of the Lord. Then there's like one time I, I, I was a young teenage preacher and I was MC in the service. We called it leading the service. And uh, I had this lady testify. She got up and depressed everybody. She did. My dad said, you ever do that again, I'm going to kill you. That's what he told me. He was the pastor. <laughs> <laughs> don't you ever have her to testify again <laughs> you know she talked about how bad life was you know and and they said they had testimony service in one church one time said there was a first time guest in the back row and he stood up he said folks here's my business card my name if there's anything I can do to help you poor people I'd be glad to you know that's not what church is about <clears throat> I've been in those services that somebody those stand up and testify and when they did you felt the aroma of the room change because somebody's bringing glory to God and they talk about how God brought them through and took them through and he made a way where there was no way and how God healed them. I'm going I'm to give you one and we're going to celebrate this. Sister Debbie Hodge today, I got a message from, from uh, uh, Brother B.J. Hodge texted me this morning. I got on the phone with him. I said, I got to celebrate with you. You know, she's been battling cancer, going through three treatments, went through four treatments and uh, they, the doctor said this to her today. They did the scan. They said, your cancer has nearly disappeared and I've never seen this cancer ever do that. There's power in the name of Jesus. I think we ought to praise him. I think we ought to magnify him. Hallelujah. I had to pull off the road today. I was crying. I was thanking Jesus for precious sister Debbie Hodge and that miracle story. How many believe he can make a way? Somebody shout, God can make a way where there is no way. He's able. And it doesn't matter how bad the storm is, how dark the clouds are. When you call upon the name of Jesus, a blue sky can appear in the midst of your trouble, in the midst of your chaos, because he's able. He's able to calm the storm. He's able to speak peace to your situation and heal it in a moment because there's power in the name of Jesus. Come on. He said it tonight. There's an empty tomb. There's a cross where there's no Savior hanging on there anymore. Why? He got up out of that grave on Easter Sunday and he's alive, he's alive he's alive forevermore somebody say amen praise is comely praise is attractive praise brings the presence of God what's that I feel in the building the Bible says that he speaking of God himself inhabits the praises of his people. When people gather in a building and they don't even have to have perfection of holiness and righteousness together, but they come in with thanksgiving. They've made mistakes. They've got chaos. They haven't done everything right. But when they get to the 
door. The Bible says to enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise to be thankful unto him and bless his name for the Lord is good. What I'm saying is we're not a group of people that have it all perfect, but there's one thing we have come together on tonight is he's good and when I get to church, I'm gonna praise him because he's good. I've got issues, I've made mistakes, but God is still on the throne. He's still in control and it's gonna be all right. Somebody shout praise is comely. It means it's attractive. You get in the door, it doesn't matter how you feel. Make a joyful noise. It doesn't matter how, what you're thinking about, what happened that day. Make a joyful noise. I, I realize, I realize that it might seem mockery and chaotic to some, but I have walked into the consultation room of saints of God that their spouses just passed away. And I watched them lift their hands toward heaven and begin to pray in the name of Jesus and say, I give glory to God. I magnify him in this moment because God is still good when I have loss in my life. I've been there on the day of the funeral of Jerry Duvall and looked back in the ladies' prayer room before the family walked out here. And I looked in Helen. Helen, Sister Helen was in there dancing before the Lord. To the world, it's foolishness. But there was a covenant that was made at an altar. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul will make her boast in the Lord. I come to preach to you. Don't you ever let your praise die. Don't you ever let your praise lay dormant in the room somewhere. You get your praise out. It will bring victory. It will bring joy. It will bring peace. The psalmist said they hung their harps upon the willow. And it goes on to say, is there a song in the night? If we are not careful, we will learn to praise God out of emotion and not out of knowledge. Praise is emotional. Praise can even be emotion. A thankful spirit. But sometimes you don't feel like praising him. Are you with me right now? Because you've been grouchy all day and you don't feel like anything but mean. Oh, look at your neighbor saying, you know he's preaching to you right now, amen. You just feel mean. I was working the other day. I was working the other day, and I, as I were working the other day, and I said, I'm getting ready to quit. I said, We've got more to do, but I'm getting ready to quit. I said, You know why? Because I'm getting frustrated. Couldn't get the nails to drive in that old wood. It was raining. I was soaking wet. My socks were soaking wet. And I knew when I get frustrated, I get grouchy. None of you all do, just us West Virginia people. And I said, I'm going to get off this roof because when I get grumpy, when I start getting frustrated, I start making mistakes. I'm going to fall off this roof if I'm not careful. Anybody know what I'm talking about? What I'm saying is there's some days you don't feel like praising God. You don't feel like worshiping. But you make a covenant. And I'm teaching this because we've got a lot of new people that, that, that have come to the Lord and they don't understand why we do what we do, why we praise the way we praise, why we live the way we live. But what I'm teaching you tonight is praise is a command. It's actually not even optional to a believer. Praise you the Lord. That's, that's a declaration. It's a command. Praise you the Lord. If you feel good, if everything's going right, if God meets your expectations, if God gave you a raise, if God healed you, you know, it's not what it says. It just says praise you the Lord. Why? For the Lord is good. That's all I need. The Lord is good. My life is a little bit chaotic, but God's good and he's going to fix it. You can praise your way through a trial. You can praise your way through depression. You can praise your way through fear, anxiety. You can praise your way because when you start praising, you start seeing future. Man, I wouldn't plan on talking about this, but you cannot say, separate praise from prophecy. You can't separate praise from prophecy. You start praising God, prophecy starts setting on you. Future starts happening. Everybody say praise, praise. brings future. And when you start seeing future, it makes you want to keep praising. You see, when chaos happens and, and they, it causes life to stop and you start wondering, am I ever going to be able to be happy again? 
Will I ever be able to be have any joy or any, any, any good in my life because chaos has come to your door? Praise will always knock down that wall you can't see through and say, there's, there's light at the end of the tunnel. There's hope. There's peace. Praise always brings future. There was a lady discouraged. Heard the story many, many years ago. She was very, very discouraged. And she didn't know, she didn't know how, how, how to deal with her her. Her, there was bills stacking up, things going on, and she just was going through a trial in life. Anybody ever been through one of those? Anybody ever heard when it rains, it pours? Seems like not just one thing happens, it seems like 10 things in a row go wrong. And uh, I remember one time the car broke down, the tractor broke down, the lawnmower broke down, air conditioner went out. You, you know what I mean? And just starts stacking up. And you're like, what am I going to do? You just keep doing what you know to do. And this lady had decided, I'm, I'm, I'm tired, I'm frustrated, I'm just going to quit living for God. She was one of those low moments. You know, even John the Baptist in a low moment. He said, Lord, I just want to make sure you're, you are him. I mean, know that. I mean, there's getting ready to behead him. And I mean, where you at? Job said, I looked in front of me, wasn't there. Behind me, wasn't there. To my left, he wasn't there. To my right, he wasn't there. But he made this declaration. But I know my Redeemer liveth. Amen. Who am I preaching to in the building tonight? You're thinking about walking out, walking away because God hadn't met your expectations. It's very possible the person I'm preaching to right now is inches away from everything you've ever prayed for and you, God, has prophesied would come to pass. Because just before the breakthrough moment, there's always a weariness that sits on the person about to receive the prophecy. That's why the Bible says that that the, the son that sleepeth during the harvest shameth his father. What's it saying? It say you've labored all this time for the harvest and right now you're weary. I got notes here. I've got a bunch of words I plan on covering, but I'm gonna pastor you tonight because it's what I feel. It's like the story I heard of the man in the Olympics that he had, they, they practiced for four years running, training, dietary things, making their body in the best physical condition it can be to reach the highest goals that it can reach got all the way to the Olympics and when everybody lined up, just before everybody lined up to run the race, he went to the locker room, laid down to take a short nap just because and he slept through the moment because all of that work, I just needed a little rest and missed the moment because he just stepped away out of the plan instead of just continuing just a little bit. I feel that for somebody here tonight, that, that you're almost there, but a weariness sits on you. It's like Jesus, three and a half years with the disciples, he said, can you not stay awake with me one hour? Why? Because just before the moment happens, weariness sits in. And you know what you gotta do? In the weary moment, I will bless the Lord at all times. I am gonna read my Bible today. I am going to the house of God. I know I feel like I would rather stay home tonight, but I'm going to the house of God. And the reason is because I haven't worked this far and bleed this long, pressed this far forward to quit now. I'm gonna take one more step at a time to get what God has planned for me. I'm preaching to somebody, don't you dare quit. Don't you dare walk away. Everything you believed is just around the corner. Do you believe it? It's just around the corner. I think you ought to clap your hands and shout to the Lord. Hallelujah. I remember that lady was discouraged. She's about to quit and she said, I'm, I'm gonna go to church one more time. I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna tell the Lord bye. She went to the church, went down the altar and she said, before I go, I just wanna say to you, Lord, I, I appreciate the time when we didn't have, when my husband and I didn't have two nickels to rub together and, Babies were hungry and there was no money coming in. And Lord, I, I got on my knees and I asked you, oh, Father, to, to provide for my family. And you did. I'll never forget that meal that you brought in, the groceries that were brought to my house that fed my family. Before I go, I just want to say thank you for providing the food for my family. She said, oh, and another thing. I remember when my husband was lost and he was an abuser and he was strung out on this and that. But God, I prayed and God, you saved my husband and changed his mindset and he become a loving husband. And before I go, I just wanted to say to you, thank you for saving my husband. And then something started hitting her. She said, oh God, what am I working? What am I doing thinking about walking away from you? You've been too good for me. If you did it before, you can do it all over again. Because praise brings future. 
Praise brings hope. Praise brings enlightenment. Come on, don't you listen to your emotions when chaos is around. Don't you listen to the storm because the storm will lie to you. Can I say to you tonight, fear is a liar, but can I say he heard my cry and he delivered me from all of my fears. Fear's been lying, but praise says get up, get up, get up. I come to preach, get I know it's a wizard night, but get up out of that. God's gonna bring you through. God's gonna bring you out. God's gonna fix that which you've been asking him to fix. If he's ever done that, would you clap your hands and shout hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Somebody told me the other day, a couple different people mentioned it. They said sometimes it's a challenge to get to the house of God because we work so hard, weary through the day. They said, but always when we get there, we're so glad we came. How many's ever felt that way? You had to, you, you know, they wrote a song about you. Oh, when the saints come dragging in. But you prop that hand up like that anyhow. You get that little toe tapping anyhow. You're weary in body. You don't have a shout in you. You don't have a dance in you, but you know you got to do something because God's worthy of something, huh? Even a man, next thing you know, you got two hands up there. You got two, two feet. Next thing you know, you know what? You, you're like, man, I was glad I came. I feel better already. You know what? I think I'm going to whip that devil. We're going to have that miracle. God's going to do this in my family. That's what church is about. That's what he was saying. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together because it brings the magnification off of the problem and on the miracle worker. When I magnify him, it brings those things that are a long ways away up close to me. Somebody shout, magnify the Lord with me. We start talking about what God can do. The God that has seemed so absent from your storm becomes so close to where you are. And what has seemed to be so big in your life starts dissipating away because God all of a sudden is bigger than your problem, bigger than your sickness, bigger than that family crisis. Am I preaching to anybody here tonight? That's what happens when you magnify when we got that telescope for the kids and Sawyer's always been interested in the stars, I said, watch this. Let's put the magnifier on the moon. That would seem to be so far away, brought it up close, bright in there. You could see the details of that. It's a magnification. When we start talking about him and singing about him, people that have felt so far away from God, all of a sudden feel like God is now close to them. That is the goal of the church. To bring a God that seems so far away so close to you now. I'll tell you what I would do if I was you. If you were going through a storm, you got some chaos going in your life. If I was you, I would jump up out of your seat right now and start praising him right where you are and let God do for you what only he can do for you right now. Somebody shout amen. amen. I remember a guy come to church. We was having church like we are right now. People singing, praising, smiling, happy, jumping, running aisles. And, you know, you, you know, when people first come, they don't know what to think about it, but they can't deny what they feel. Because praise is what? It's attractive. It's comely. It's, it's, it's when it's right, in the right spirit, in the right motive. And God inhabits the praises. They can feel the presence of God. I, I remember a guy stood up in that church in West Virginia years ago and he said, I don't know what you people have, but I want everything that you've got. That's what he said. He ran up there and got the Holy Ghost is what he got. Because the kingdom of God's not meat and drink. It's not baked steak and fries. It's a righteousness, it's peace, and it's joy in the Holy Ghost. When you get the Holy Ghost, you'll get joy. I said you'll get joy. Her name was Sherry Sparks. Sherry Sparks came to the church in West Virginia. My parents are starting that church there. Sherry Sparks was down, depressed. She 
she came to the church and I'll never forget, she repented and she was pulling things out of her pocket, nicotine in her pocket she was addicted to and laying it down and she was repenting and things of that nature. And I'll never forget the service that was almost dismissed. Almost dismissed. And dad was getting ready to dismiss the service and Sherry Sparks leaned over the front row and just started laughing. I mean, she was a quiet lady. I mean, it was a little bit different, you know. <laughs> I mean, that sounds silly, but she was laughing. She was laughing. Everybody's looking around at her. She was buckled over that front seat. <laughs> she was laughing out loud, and people were just looking at her, you know. But you could feel the glory in the room. And come to find out that she had told her friend that my last hope was the church. And if, if I didn't find it at the church, I was going to take my life. But when she repented... And God filled her with the Holy Ghost. He gave her joy. He'll put laughter in your mouth. He'll put joy in your heart. You'll sleep better at night. You'll get up in the morning and say, you know what? This is, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I'm going to get something out of this day. Amen. How many believe the world didn't give it to you and the world can't take it away, the old song says. You know what I think you ought to do? Won't you take 15 or 20 seconds and just praise him the way you want to right now on a Wednesday night because he's been good. He's been good. He's been good. Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. Woo! Amen. You may be seated. I taught last week on it to I, and I talked about magnifying God, going deeper into it tonight. I taught on two words, the word Hillel, and I taught on the word Tehillah. Both of those words are tailored praise. Hillel, the word hallelujah comes from that. Hallelujah means as many praises as I can give to God in one word. If you looked it up, Hallelujah or hallelujah, same word in every single language on the continent. Every continent. Everybody say hallelujah or hallelujah. Same word. It is the same word in every language. You, could, you, you, can, you can be in Puerto Rico, Armando uh, Izquierdo. Uh, it's hallelujah. You could be in China, speak Cantonese and say hallelujah. doesn't matter where you are. Hallelujah means if you look it up, it means 10,000 praises of God. The word 10,000, though, does not mean one more than 9,999. It means unlimited. It's like we would say millions. He's the fairest of 10,000. You heard me teach that. And when you look at 10,000 scripture, it does not mean 10,000. It's cliche. And so when you're saying hallelujah, that means it's one word that has as much praise compacted in one word as I can give to God in one, one moment. And nobody deserves an hallelujah except God. So we have church sometimes and it's a little quiet at moment. We're listening. We are embracing what God is doing. And there's sometimes in a, in a, in a good old fashioned service, you might, might be a holy hush across the crowd like we had Sunday night, a moment after the message was given that you'd hear somebody in the Prince of God. You hear that. But then there are those moments that we, when we say everybody ought to shout hallelujah, that what you're doing, you're saying as many praises as I can give God in this moment because only God can do for me what he's done for me and only God is worthy of this level of praise. Amen. And so when you begin to study these words, hallel, hallelujah, comes from that word. It means to be clear, to praise, to shine, to boast, to show, to rave, to celebrate, to be clamorously foolish. And, and sometimes in church, there will be people that are giving God a, a hallel praise like Psalms 150 and one, praise the Lord or hallel the word. And what that means is just do, just praise him how you feel to. And my grandmother, woo! I mean, that's, that's Mimi. I call it the Mimi dance. Might look foolish to you, but God got glory out of that. Amen. I've seen people praise him like this, one hand shaking like that. Oh, I've seen people do this number under the power of God. And I've seen people start dancing. I mean, they look like they're running on a treadmill. They're not going anywhere. 
shouting before the Lord, but they're praising God in a tailored moment. I'm just going to help you right now. Some of you have never reached to a place in God because you've never learned to praise him the way God designed you to praise him. So concerned about what somebody across the aisle is going to think or maybe your shirt tail come untucked. Pristine. I'm just just saying that that, that I'm 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 not being condemning. What I'm saying is is Sometimes we just need to let go and let God have, have we, need, we need to just go ahead and praise him. I'm not saying everybody's gonna praise him like that, but I can't stop praising him because of what he's gonna say about me or what she's gonna say about me. Some of those powerful services I've ever seen where people just cut loose and praised him. Praised him how they felt. I praise him till my shirt tail's untucked. I'm soaking wet and sweat, you know, and to the world and, and to religious society, they'd say, oh, that's crazy. But that's what they told the blind man when he cried out even the louder, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. They said, shh, we don't do that. We don't talk like that. You're too loud. But you know what? He's, you're not the guy that needs the miracle. I'm the guy that needs the miracle. And there's sometimes we go a little bit, I've seen people dance before the Lord just... Dance before the Lord, and to some it looks crazy, but I've watched people get healed of tumors and cysts in those moments. In that moment, completely healed because praise is comely to God. We're not here to impress you. I'm not here to impress my brother. I'm here to lift up the name of Jesus in the way that God called me to lift him up. You're going to see me in church. I'm just your pastor, but I'm going to praise him like this. That's just the way I'm praising. I, I don't, it's just me, but I'm the one that was healed of crooked feet. I'm the one at 12 years old that they said that I would never be able to run again because of the infection in my bone. Five surgeries, scraped the, the, the infection, the blackness. My bone had turned back, scraped that out. I told my mom, we're going to take him to surgery. He might even lose his foot. At that moment, they're just glad I was living because of the infection in my blood. They said if we might, she had to sign the papers that they could possibly amputate my foot when I'm in the surgery room. Came out and said we were able to keep his foot, but he might not ever run again. You know what? And every now and then, I remember the moment. I remember the moment in the hospital bed, honey, when they come and laid hands on me and spoke the name of Jesus. And when I was laying there, a 12 year old boy, when the, when when they but my pastor came in and said in the name of Jesus I felt the warmness of the mighty power of God come over my 12 year old body and run down my body and I knew at that moment he has healed me so if I'm up here dancing on one foot saying it's not sore I can run around this church don't mock me just get with me and celebrate because God healed my body somebody shout glory Do you believe he's worthy of the praise? He's worthy of the honor? Come here, honey. Come here. They told her that that right leg of her would be dead, dragging behind her. But you look here. She's able to run around this church. She's able to praise him. It's a Hallel praise. It's my tailored praise. He's healed my body. And I'm going to praise him if nobody else praises him, if nobody else worships him. It doesn't matter how good the music is, how good the preaching is. I'm going to praise him because he healed me. He brought me out. He took me in. Somebody say amen. 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 It's a hallel praise. I talked about that last week. You may be seated. Number two I hear today is a yada praise. Yada praise. Not everybody's going to worship God like me, and I don't expect that. But I do expect you to worship God like you. Amen. I get out of breath when I preach. Everybody say amen. A yada, a yada. Everybody say yada, Y-A-D-A-H. It means to extend the hand, to throw out the hand. Would you do that? Throw out your hand. Just everybody. The Bible says lift up holy hands. Scripture says to lift your heart with your hands. Take both hands and just lift them. Everybody do a wave offering. Wave your hands. Why do we do that? The Bible talks about it. Why do you lift your hands in church? Why do you lift your hands in church? Because Psalm 63, 1, so I will bless thee as long as I live. I will yada, or I will lift up my hands in thy name. What am I doing in a yada praise? Psalms 107, 15 says, oh, that men would praise the Lord for his good. Yada, that word praise there is yada. 
Praise the Lord. What you're doing in the yacht of praise, you're thanking him for what he's done. Oh, I thank you for what you've done. I'm just so thankful. Come on. You, we can, people, religious people can call it crazy. They go to football teams and they do it. Come on. They're, 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 it's, it's fourth and one. It's fourth and one. It's the Big Ten Championship. They're playing Penn State. This determines where they get to keep going or not. And the whole stands are going to be going. Yay or nay? You see, there's a yada praise that means thanking him. And it's the opposite. It's the opposite of to bemoan or the ring of the hands. You ever see something? Bemoan. It's the opposite of that. It's not bemoaning. It's, oh. That's what it is. It goes in, there's another similar word for praise. It's a toda praise. T-O-W-D-A-H. These are Hebrew words. Come from the same principal root word as yada, but is used more specifically. A toda literally means an extension of the hand in adoration, avow, or acceptance. It's an application of worship to praise him for things not yet received. That's what they're doing. I mean, most things that we do are naturally in the human factor anyhow. It's just not toward God. It's toward whatever. You know, we just put it toward God when everybody else has told us to be quiet in church. Because some people don't believe he existed 2,000 years ago. They don't believe he's alive right now. And so they extend the hand, really at a football game, in a tote of praise for their team. And what they're saying is, we're hoping you get the down. You get your fourth. You, you accomplish it. You get the extra down that you, you get your first down. They are toto, to, a tote of praise for the football team. Hoping for something not yet received. And so when you come to the house of God, and we might be praising God for something he's done. But then there's some other people that are saying, it hasn't happened yet, but it's about to happen. Somebody gets up and prophesies. See, right there it is, Brother Danny. It's about to happen. I haven't had faith is a substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. It hasn't happened yet, but I've got my hand to reach for the miracle. I know God's about to do. Oh, would you lift your hands and say, it's about to happen? Woo! Somebody shout amen. amen. So there it is. It's, it's, a, it's a yada praise. Thank him for what he's done. But then a total hand is, it's like, woo. It's the kid. Christmas is around the corner. Woo! Get a bike on your birthday. That's what it is. It's natural. Why do we have to come to church and be not natural? Think about it. Go to church and suppress everything that God created you to be. Are, are y'all with me right now? Go to church and have to sit on your hands because you're not allowed to clap. Man, you're so excited. <laughs> have you ever talked to somebody that couldn't talk without moving their hands? You tie their hands, they'd be quiet. You know. Anybody know any of those people? Don't look at anybody. You're going to offend them now. There. You tie their hands to their side. They couldn't say a word. Because they talk like this. You know? Why can you talk with your hands, but you can't praise with your hands? Everything God put in you of gratefulness was to respond to him for his goodness. How many remember Ed McMahon and little stickers to get that? What was it called, the publishing house? Publishing clearing house, what is, is that it? Did I get it right? You know, you, you do not have to get the magazines to win. Just turn it in. And they give these little video clips of people that got, he shows up video crew and you have won $1.4 million. And those people go crazy. Do they not? They're receiving. Some of them might shut the door and say, 
if you don't mind, would you just give me one second? Ah! All right, all right, come on, let's be real. One lady, she said, I don't get emotional about anything. Nothing ever moves me. I thought, you're dead. You just haven't fallen over yet. You let her step in a yellow jacket's nest. You're going to get real emotional. We're emotional people. We're emo Wow, we have been created in the image of God. We are emotional. Man, I feel a word. That's why in our culture, they're trying to do everything they can to suppress emotion. Because we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with a feeling of our infirmity. Numb on every level. Numb on love. Numb in the, in the relationship. Numb. Can't feel anything. Numb. I'm going to tell you right now, there ought to be a place we can go to where we can feel good, feel great, feel love, feel happy, feel joy, feel peace. Amen. And how many know all of that is in his presence? So when I get here, it doesn't matter what you're going to do. I need him. I need his presence. I need the joy. I need the peace. Let's all stand to our feet and clap our hands and magnify the Lord. Would you do that? Oh, praise him. Hallelujah. Go ahead and come to the keyboard. I, 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 I was going to try to finish some of this, but I, I'm not going to. I feel like I've given you a lot of information and we can continue next week. But everybody, everybody stretch your hands to the Lord. Would you do that? Is that hard? That's not hard. They were made to praise him. I will lift up holy hands in the presence of the Lord. I'm going to lift up holy hands in the presence of the Lord. You are holy. You are holy. Our youth choir used to sing it. You are holy. Who would ever think that you could lift up clean hands with a pure heart? How many know we can lift up holy hands? Because he cleansed me. What are you doing, pastor? I'm reaching for him. He's got a mansion prepared for me. Come on, everybody take your chin and lift it up. Lift your eyes to the hills with coming your help. Your help comes from the Lord. He cleansed my heart. Holy. Come on, just thank him for his holiness. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. The whole earth is full of his glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Somebody say amen. The word shabak means to shout, to address in a loud tone, to command, to triumph. Everybody say shabak. Psalms 47, 1. Oh, clap your hands, all you people. Everybody. And he commands everybody clap your hands and to shout shabak to God with a voice of triumph. Another word was joy. I have victory. Everybody say victory. Look at your neighbor and say shabak. It's a Hebrew word for shout with a loud voice. Every now and then in church, we need to follow that. I've seen breakthroughs happen. Why clap your hands? They teach me. They have taught me because that was the sound of chains breaking. And when the children of Israel come out of bondage from the Egyptian slave, men, slaves to the Egyptians, that they started praising him with a clap in the hands because it sounded like chains breaking when they started clapping their hands. What they were saying was, I am free. I am free. I'm not bound any longer. I'm not bound by sin. I'm not bound by addiction. I'm not bound by fear. I'm not bound by depression. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. Isaiah 12, 6, cry aloud and shout for joy. Oh, and have a desire for great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. When the, when the, when the, when the Ark of the Covenant would come into the presence of the children of Israel, representing the presence of God, they would shout with a loud voice. And one time when they shout with a loud voice, Jericho walls fell and victories happened.
There's a lot of chaos in the world and a lot of voices. We don't need that voice in here. We need his voice in here by his word. It ought to be a place of joy. People come here and say, I'm going there to get healed. I'm going there to be delivered. I'm going there to be set. That ought to be the world on the street. I can get there. There's miracles in that place. Amen. Somebody say amen. And if I don't stop, I'm going to finish this paper. I want you to lift your hands again and just love the Lord and say, I love you. Amen. The Lord is ministering to you. Let me worship you in my own way. I want to wish worship you in the personality that you have given me. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. No music for a minute. Why don't you, listen, why don't you just lift your voice? You don't have to be real loud, but you need to learn to praise God with your vocal cords. You get to use them for your spouse, your kids at work, but that voice, vocal cords was made for him primarily. You get to use them for other things in this temporal world, but it was for him. Why don't you just take your vocal cords, close your eyes, and start saying hallelujah. I love you, Jesus. Use your vocal cords, not the whispering of your voice. Go ahead. Come on. Hallelujah. I praise your name. Hallelujah. A hallel to you. Thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. We praise your mighty name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Praise God, praise God, praise God. One more, and we're going to do it, and we're going to leave. Barak means to kneel down to bless God as an act of adoration to salute. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down, Psalms 95 and 6. Psalms 34 and 1, I will bless the Lord at all times. It was a Barak. I will honor God even when there's chaos around me. And what you're saying is, you're the king. Every now and then, in a good old-fashioned worship service over here, when the glory of the Lord, I can't stay on my feet because His holiness is so wonderful. I fall to my knees in a Barak praise. I get on my knees because He's my King. If you're physically able tonight, I want you to get on your knees because that's one of the seven. There's one more. I'll talk about it next week. But right now, I want you to get on your knees if you're physically able and lift your hands to him in a Barak praise and just begin to worship him. If you're physically able. I understand you have knee replacements and things of that nature with any of our seniors. But right now, you're the king. And I'm just, I'm in your kingdom. Come on, the glory of the Lord is here. That's a Barak praise. Stretch those hands toward him in honor. The king is coming. The king is here. I want to magnify him. In the name of
Amen. Let's stand to our feet. We're going to be dismissed in a moment. I'm teaching you to kneel down to bless God as an act of adoration. In my prayer time, a lot of times I will do all seven of these in one prayer setting. I do. Because he's worthy. When the glory of God, some of the greatest moments I've ever had with God were on my knees. It's not all about a shout. It's not all about a dance. Sister Erica, some of my greatest moments when I'm on my knees, I can't stand because he's too holy, he's too worthy. And I don't want to stand. And it's right there. I hear the still small voice of God. There's a holiness of God. There's the righteousness of God, the purity of God. That makes you want to be like John the Revelator when he said, I laid down as a dead man, unworthy. I want you to get there. I want you to feel what he's saying. He said, when I saw the majesty of God, for some of you, he's so far away, but we're going to bring him close to you through magnifying him in worship and praise. But you can have a personal relationship with him alone. Most powerful moments I've ever had with God have been alone with God. And I'm Barak, sometimes Shabbat. Sometimes it's a yada, a toda. Sometimes it's a halal. Sometimes it's a, it's just being me. Look at your neighbor and say, just be you in the presence of God. Have a healthy body tonight with the teaching of the word of the Lord. Be you. Be you. Be you. Every church is going to have different flavor of worship, different types of people. Multiculture is a great place to see the different types of worship. We need all of it. Can you say amen? Look at your neighbor and say, it's okay to shout hallelujah at the anchor. Clap your hands, shout hallelujah. It's okay to be quiet sometimes too. I may know that. Listen. It's 8 o'clock. I'm going to let you be dismissed. We have church on Sunday. We're going to keep teaching the Word on Wednesday nights. Um, and so uh, stay tuned. Be here Sunday. It's going to be a powerful, powerful service. And Sunday night, we're hoping everybody can come for fellowship. It's very important. Brother Michael told us tonight. God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.